0: Good evening. Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, So good to be together on this Christmas Eve in the year 2021, the year of our Lord this spring um, season. It is crazy. I'm one of those people who happens to enjoy the nicer temperatures and then I know the other people who are praying for uh, a white Christmas. So Yeah, Jesus just loves me more, but that's beside the point. That's not what we're here uh, to talk about. Uh, Hey, if you're a guest with us, a special welcome, whether you're here in the room or you're joining us online, we are thrilled that you chose to spend some of your Christmas with us. And um, by the way, uh, so good to have different ages here in the room. If you happen to have kids in the room uh, or a spouse or an in-law who gets restless at any point. You can feel free to, uh, to take them on out. There is a viewing room out the doors and to your left um, near the guest services area. If you need to make use of that, please feel free uh, to do that. But um, I think, I hope you're having a biblical Christmas. I think I do. I mean, I'm a pastor, so I'm supposed to say things like that. and I'm supposed to wish things like that for you. So I think I hope you're having a a biblical Christmas because by that, I mean, you know, the kind of Christmas that stirs up like family drama and tension and uh disagreements of who skimped on the christmas gift and who's not talking to whom and who hasn't forgiven um whom and um Man, whose baby that really is, you know, Um, and what's happening with our finances and all kinds of stress and tension. I I hope, I think I hope you're having a biblical kind of Christmas. Because, listen, as pretty and perfect as we like our nativities to be around this time of year, pretty and perfect is not what Christmas actually was like in... uh, The Bible, as much as I appreciate it. And I just came to tell you that if there's any tension or drama or anxiety or fear or, or hurt or pain or wounds or whatever else is going on, congratulations, you might be experiencing a biblical brand of Christmas. And if you don't believe me, then turn with me to the passage Pastor Jeff read a little while ago. This is Matthew chapter one. We're gonna start reading at verse number. 18 verse number 18 oh christmas is about to get messy um i can't believe you let your kids uh, come to this 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 is uh the bible's description of that first christmas and here's what it says verse number 18 verses will appear up on the screen here this is how the birth of jesus the messiah came about his mother mary Was pledged to be married to Joseph. Okay, so it starts pretty cute, right? I mean, there's a love story here in the making. Jesus' mother, Mary, is pledged to be married to her, boo boo, uh, Joseph. Now, it's really interesting. Every culture has its different versions of the stages of getting from singleness to marriage. And it was no different in their cultural context. They had their way of getting to that point. Uh, For me, when I was in college, it went something like this. Um, Love relationship, romance would go something like this. Like there would be the dating stage. Then there would be the engagement stage. um, And then there would be the marriage stage. And then there would be the broke stage, of course. Uh, but it went something like that. Like you're interested in someone, and then you, you're dating someone, and then you're engaged to someone, and then you're married to that person. These days, I can't keep up with all of the different stages and all of the different terminologies that are involved in the stages. I'm so lost. Like it starts with the interest phase, uh, which nowadays um, involves scrolling and uh, Swiping. And stalking um, and snapping and things of that sort. And then once you've done all of your homework, then it it moves into, um, from what I understand, the talking phase. The talking phase apparently is contact has been made, but no commitments have been entered into. We are just talking. And then things get a little more serious. It enters the dating phase. Um, The dating phase is now where we're together together. Uh, we're exclusive we're in a relationship now you know we are seeing each other again i don't know all the terminology and then after that it goes into you know about 14 years later it goes into uh, the jewelry phase like now we are engaged right and engaged means we have made a commitment that we are going to get married this is just the preparation phase um, this is the whole you know Plan the wedding. This is the say yes to the dress phase of the relationship. And then finally, it is the marriage phase, which is entered into by way of a wedding ceremony. And in that phase, contracts are signed. You become legally bound to each other by the law. Those are the different stages. It's interesting, back in Mary and Joseph's day, It wasn't that complicated. There were very simple stages. Some may say two stages. Some may say three stages. But really, you went from pledged to married. Those were the two main stages of the relationship. Pledged and then married. Um, When you were pledged to be married to someone, Um, It's kind of like the way we would talk about engagement in our cultural context, except it it carried some legal weight with it. If you were pledged to be married to someone, oh, your families have now gotten involved and they've actually signed a contract. They've entered into a legally binding contract and they've exchanged goods and money has been involved in that whole process. That was what the pledge stage involved. Everybody in your town would know, y'all are about to get married. You are pledged to each other. And then after the pledge stage, they would have a ceremony which would represent them officially getting married. Um... So, here's in essence how it went. So, you would be pledged to be married, which in biblical times essentially meant that you were married in the eyes of the law. This was the contract phase of your relationship. And then you would get married. You would have a wedding party or a wedding ceremony in which you would invite your friends and family and people in the community, and this would be considered getting married in the eyes of the people, in the eyes of the community. This would be the ceremony phase. And then finally, um you would get you would have the, the bedroom phase. Um this was what would have been considered getting married in the eyes of God. This was the consummation phase. It's really, really interesting. And you've got to know, because as strange as this is, I've got to tell it to you. And I'll behave. I promise the staff that I'll behave with this passage. But um, at the wedding ceremony, there would be some Awkward, odd room off to the side in which the marriage before God would take place. The consummation would happen at the wedding ceremony, at the reception, if you will, in some kind of private area. That's kind of weird to me, but nonetheless, it's in the Bible. And um, so I just thought I'd tell it to you just as a faithful teacher and communicator of the Word of God. This is the situation in which mary and joseph's story is being told the christmas story starts with mary is pledged to be married to joseph they weren't yet living together they'd not yet slept together But their families had joined forces and they were legally committed and bound to each other in the eyes of the law. Again, the whole town of Nazareth knew what was going on in their relationship, which is what makes what comes next so super diabolical. Check out the first part of verse number 18. At the second part, it says, but before they came together, wink, wink, she, Mary, was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Oh, my word, burn, Joseph. Wow. Wow. I'm just asking you, have you ever felt completely blindsided by coming to terms with the fact that the reality is nothing like you were led to believe it was? Wow, burned, Joseph. Betrayed. This was Joseph's experience, that first messy Christmas. You can't put that in a nativity set. The woman he loved, the woman he was pledged to spend the rest of his life with had a pretty epic secret that she had been keeping from him. She was pregnant, and he didn't need Maury to tell him, it wasn't his child. I'm just saying, imag- this is Christmas, y'all. Imagine the pain. Imagine the betrayal. Imagine the anger. Imagine the shock that Joseph would have Experienced. And I'm just saying, it would be bad enough if Mary had sat down with him over coffee and looped him in and shared with him tearfully the situation that she was going through. But man, I'm about to ruin the Christmas story for you a couple of times before this evening is over. Because unless I'm misreading what Matthew is saying Oh, no, Joseph found out. Mary got busted. That's not the version of the Christmas story I typically hear. I mean, betrayal burns as it is. But it burns that much more when you have to find it out. Bust it. I've always always read this Christmas story and I envisioned Mary courageously sitting down with Joseph over coffee and explaining this whole thing to him. Nope. Matthew says Joseph found out. In fact, it gets worse. I'm sorry. It will get better, but it gets worse. Verse 19, because Joseph Her husband was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in his mind to divorce her quietly. Ouch. I read this, and it just stuck different. Because I got caught up on verse 19 where it said husband husband it said now commentators have suggested as they often do that uh the 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 pledge commitment was so strong that you might as well just use the word husband husband fiance pledged married same difference yeah that may be true except matthew has been picking his words very very carefully and i think here in verse 19 he means husband In verse 18, he said pledged, and he meant pledged. In verse 19, he said husband, and I think he means husband when he says what he says. Um, Joseph finds out Mary is pregnant, and he plans to divorce her, it says, quietly because if her secret gets out in that community her reputation is done she is done in that town so joseph apparently planned to protect mary's reputation even though he felt betrayed and burned by her and he planned to protect her by protecting her secret that's when it struck me as i reread this messy christmas story like wait a minute so um, no one knew Mary was pregnant. Like the town of Nazareth didn't know Mary was pregnant. And yet it makes sense because if you read the Christmas account in the book of Luke, Luke tells us that when Mary found out she was pregnant, she skipped town immediately. And she went and spent three months with her cousin, Elizabeth. She was gone for the first trimester. No one knew that she was pregnant. I literally said the words OMG in my house in the middle of the night when I finally understood what I think Matthew is insinuating. Joseph found out Mary was pregnant on their wedding night. Because now he's her husband. They've been married in the eyes of the law. Via the pledge. And I think they've had their wedding ceremony. And they've been married in the eyes of the people. All that's remaining is for them to get married in that weird room. In the eyes of God. Joseph knows Mary is pregnant because he sees it. Talking about what child is this? I'm just saying if he found out from the people in the community somehow, then he wouldn't need to protect Mary's secret because the secret would already be out. But he feels the need to protect the secret because now he knows what she knows. Now he knows what Elizabeth knows. Now he knows where she really was gone for those three months. Because now he's her husband according to the text of scripture. I'm just asking you on this pretty spring-like Christmas Eve in Warsaw, Indiana, or wherever you happen to be tuning in from. Have you ever been betrayed brutally by someone you believed in deeply, someone you trusted? Have you ever experienced the kind of betrayal that you had to find out that your business partner had been lying to you about the numbers? that your boss had been giving you the impression that you were killing it when the whole time he was interviewing your replacement because you've been on the chopping block and you found out, just asking, that your kid had not actually been doing homework behind that closed door this whole time. And now you found Out That those business trips weren't just business trips. And now you found out that I love you has been a lie for all of these years. That your parents were just faking getting along for your benefit. And now... You found out. I'm just asking, have you ever experienced waking up to the reality that things are nothing like you were led to believe that they were, that your friends weren't actually your friends when you weren't around? And maybe it's not betrayal. Have you ever just plain been blindsided by something you did not see coming? Blindsided by deep disappointment. And maybe it wasn't a person. Maybe it was a health issue. Your body just led you to believe everything was okay. And you went in for a checkup that had nothing to do with what they actually found. And now you are living with this reality blindsided, blindsided by loss. You didn't see it coming. The news hit you unexpectedly, and yet here you now are. Maybe it's the stock market. It just fell through, and you experienced loss. Because if you've ever been betrayed, if you've ever been wounded, By the unexpected. If you've ever been blindsided by deep disappointment. Because things weren't like you were led to believe they were. You should love and lean into the Christmas story. Because I don't know if you knew. The Christmas story is. A story of hope and healing for our world. Coming through. A messy Situation with betrayal and the unexpected and being blindsided. I love that about this story of all of the places Matthew could have chosen to introduce us to the Christmas story he's saying in case you haven't heard let me tell you how the Christmas story goes of all the places he could have chosen to start the story this is how he chooses to start it with mess and the unexpected and a hurt and the feeling of betrayal and a dude who's about to bail out this is messy stuff God could have skipped it but he wanted it in there For our benefit, I'm just saying Christmas is such a great reminder. God doesn't mind messy. And if your life has been marked with some pain and some messy and some unexpected hate, congratulations, you might be having a biblical Christmas. Verse number 19 says, because Joseph, her husband, because I don't think they just pledged anymore, just saying for, was faithful to the law. And yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in his mind to divorce her quietly. Um, In Joseph's mind, he, he understood that this pregnancy was a violation of the legal contract. So for him, the right thing to do was to, hey, let's just go our separate ways. I will pick up the broken pieces of my shattered heart. And you can feel free, I release you to head on off with whoever the dude is that you chose over me. I will excuse myself. And yet, man, if there was ever a glimpse into why God chose this man to be the earthly father of his son, you see it in the way Joseph responds to his wounds, the way Joseph responds to feeling betrayed. This is just... Beautiful. Joseph chooses to forgive Mary. There's no indication she asks him to. There's no indication she begs him to do anything. He chooses to forgive her as deeply wounded as he felt. He chose to forgive her. In fact, he chose to protect Mary's reputation from public disgrace, it says in the text. Because again, if people found out she was three plus months pregnant. And Joseph wasn't the dad. And they were not married. This would ruin her. And Joseph chooses to protect her from that. Wow. Wow. Um, I think Christmas is such a reminder that, man, forgiveness is always the right choice when we feel betrayed. Always the right choice. And Joseph is such a beautiful picture of that. Forgiveness. To say to the person who wounded you, to say to the person who betrayed you, I will wish no harm on you, and I will work no harm for you or towards you. I will not wish or work for your harm. Man, that is hard to do. Oh, what you did burned me. Don't get me wrong. I'm not justifying it. I'm not excusing it. I just choose not to burn back. Now, we don't have to be friends. We don't have to be colleagues. We don't have to be coworkers, But in my heart, I'm not going to wish you harm. With my words and with my deeds, I'm not going to work to harm you. This is such a beautiful picture of godliness. I've, I've wondered. I'd love to study more and learn more about this man, Joseph. But this is such a telling statement about his character and i wonder if you like joseph need to make that choice about someone this season or maybe to remake that choice because you've made that choice to release that person in years past but you know how forgiveness is it creeps up and then you see them again over the holiday season and you're reminded of what they did and it re-triggers something and you have to re-declare your forgiveness of them by saying i wish and work for no harm In your direction. I wonder if there isn't somebody in your story, in your sphere, in your space that you need to speak that about. Um, Joseph chooses to release Mary, and this is beautiful, by the way. Because if you think about what Joseph is doing, Joseph is saying, I'm going to divorce her quietly and I'm going to leave. Like, what a mighty good man. I mean, you realize what Joseph is saying. When people find out that she's pregnant, they're going to put all the responsibility on me. They'll assume I did it. I did something wrong. And then I bailed out. So you are protected from all of this shame. I'm like, wow. I struggle with not like, you know, I won't say what because the kids in the room when somebody hurts me. Let alone to think to go to the extent of not just forgiving, but protecting and absorbing the responsibility. This is pretty amazing. Verse 20. But after Joseph had pondered these things and considered and concluded this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Again, you would not take someone home unless you were married to them. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. What a powerful scene. Hang on, Joe. There's more to the story than you see. Don't leave before the best part, buddy. Jesus is coming. You don't see the whole picture yet, but don't leave now. What's in her is from the Holy Spirit. What she's carrying is from heaven itself. Jesus is coming. Salvation is on the way. And by the way, I came to just tell somebody this Christmas season there are always two sides to the story. There are always two sides to the story. Oh, and what I mean by that is there is Earth's side of the story and there is Heaven's side to the story. There are always two sides. And in the midst of the pain and the ache and the confusion and the disappointment and the blindsidedness, all Joseph can see is earth's side of the story. And the angel shows up and gives him a glimpse into the fact that there is always a higher altitude. There is always a heavenly side too story no matter how painful or messy or dysfunctional it all seems from where you are standing right now there is always a heavenly perspective to your story verse number 22 Woo-hoo! it says all of this took place to fulfill what the lord God had said through the prophet that's Isaiah the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Ooh, the story gets good here. Come on, I dare you, by the way, to say out loud all this. Good. I'll give you time on this. We'll work on this. I blindsided you. I understand. Come on, say it out loud. All of this. Mm. You are going to be thankful for those words, I pray, in the coming days. There was a heavenly side to all this. Th- those words are so beautiful. All this, it says, happened to fulfill God's prediction that he made 700 years before that a young girl who had never been touched by a man, was going to become pregnant. And that through her, God would bring into the world the Savior who would carry with him hope and healing for all. I love that. All this, all this was part of a bigger picture that Joseph could not see Part of a better story that Joseph was way too limited to understand. All this was part of God fulfilling his plan to bring hope and healing into a broken world. This is so good. I'm not going to lie. Like As I read through this Christmas story again and I, 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 I came to terms with some of the, the messy details, I didn't like the messy version i like my pretty picture of you know um mary just perfectly obeying the the law of god and joseph just a faithful victim of circumstances outside of his control and these two perfect individuals that god chose and he used to bring jesus into the world i like that picture I wasn't too thrilled with some of the things that were surfacing in this story until I looked at verse 22 again and I was reminded all this. And by the way, all this was all about the person of Jesus. All this. Mary and Joseph, turns out, are not the stars of the Christmas story. Jesus is. Mary and Joseph are not the focus of the Christmas story. Jesus is. I'm like, why am I wrestling with the picture of Mary and Joseph being a little messier than I liked it to be, as if the point of the story is Mary and Joseph. It's not Mary and Joseph. It's always been about the person of Jesus Christ. And Mary and Joseph were just the means through which heaven's plan was being carried out to bring hope and healing into the world. I needed that. Like um, Bible's not interested in protecting my picture, pretty and perfect of Mary and Joseph. The Bible is interested in fulfilling the purpose of God in the person of Jesus Christ all this was part of a bigger story in which God was doing something so much greater to bring something so much more beautiful into all of our stories all of this I love that all of this pain All of this confusion in this story, all of this betrayal, all of this disappointment, all of this, all of the shame and all of the questions and all of the confusion and all of the scars, all of this was part of God's plan and purpose to bring healing and hope into the story. All of the fear and all of the failures, all of it was part of God's plan all of the messiness and all of the messed up stuff all of it i love that means no matter how much pain is written into your story no matter how many secrets may have devastated your family no matter how many disappointments may have blindsided you this season No matter what may have happened or shaken up in the economy or in the stock market, in your personal experience, no matter how many rumors are being spread about your reputation, Christmas is a reminder there is a heavenly side to the story in which God loves to take all of this, all of the mess, all of the hurt, all of the brokenness and use it to bring about his healing and hope in the person of Jesus Christ. There is a heavenly side to your story. There is a heavenly side to your pain. There is a heavenly side to your family's dysfunction. There is a heavenly side to your health issues. All of this, all of this I love the way Romans 8 says this same thing for those who put their faith in the person of Jesus. He says in verse 28, and we know that in all of this, in all things, the good, the bad, the ugly, the messy, the broken, all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. And if you study that, the good is Jesus Becoming more real in our stories. Jesus and his glory and his power to save. Becoming more experienced in our journeys. All of this is designed for God's purpose. To make room for Jesus to show up in the midst of the mess. Verse number 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. God bless you. And he gave him the name Jesus. So Joseph wakes up and he believes heaven's side of the story about Jesus. And he immediately acts on it. Takes Mary home as his wife in this glorious, beautiful gesture. Wow. Because by taking Mary home as his wife, you realize what Joseph is saying. You're my ride or die. Like we are together in this. Whatever is now said about you is said about me too. Whatever is whispered about you is whispered about me. Whatever shame is cast on you, I share in your shame. Whatever rumors, everything. We're together in this because we now share heaven's perspective of the story. And it's all about Jesus now. It's not about your pain. It's not about my betrayal. It's all about the person of Jesus Christ. And they go home together in this powerful picture. Just like he was willing to take responsibility for a secret, he's willing to share in her shame. And the whispers, by the way, were not going to stop for the rest of their lives. Oh, pregnant by the Holy Spirit. There they go. That would never stop. And Joseph embraced and accepted that. Reminds me of what his son Jesus would do for us. God with us that he would enter into our human experience and he would enter into our frailty and the things we experience he would experience too. And he didn't just forgive us he absorbed responsibility for our sin in order to protect us from the wrath of God on the cross what a picture of the very hope he was helping to bring into the world. With Mary. I wonder what the Holy Spirit might be inviting you to act on this Christmas season. I wonder what the Spirit might be saying to you. Um, but I cannot help but believe. That for all of us, in some way, there is an invitation to say to God, would you please fulfill your Jesus purpose in my life? In fact, would you fulfill all of your Jesus purposes in this season of my life i cannot help but believe that the spirit of god would invite all of us to bring our pain into the presence of god and invite god would you please speak a heavenly perspective over this because your word says all of this and i want to bring my pain and my brokenness and my disappointment into your presence and lay them at your feet and ask you would you please bring jesus hope and jesus healing out of this and I believe that is the kind of God he is, just as was true in Mary and Joseph's story. I believe that if you bring your hurt and your brokenness and all of the stuff, your family and the dysfunction and maybe, you know, your health issues into his presence and just say, would you make all of this about Jesus healing and Jesus hope? I wonder what he might do in your story for some of us this is a time to bring that betrayal that you've been carrying for a very long time and asking would you please fulfill jesus purpose in this betrayal i've spent my life trying to pay back or trying to run away or trying to avoid that person and i'm just saying would you please bring jesus to bear in all of this you for all of us Man, we are messed up, sinful, broken people. I've done the betraying. I've been the person who's deceived other people. I... I am the person who has sinned. And I just wonder if he wouldn't invite us to bring our own sinfulness and our own failures into his presence and beg him. Would you please bring the forgiveness of Jesus out of this? Would you make even my sin about Jesus as he forgives me and sets me free from it? Even Now, the truth is we have plenty of sin. We have plenty of brokenness. And I would beg you, don't leave this place and waste your brokenness. Don't waste your sin. Don't waste your pain. Don't waste the, the health issue that you are going through. Come on, beg God. Would you make Jesus the centerpiece of this? And would you consider bringing his healing and his hope and his forgiveness out of this space? For your glory... For the sake of your great name. Father, I pray even now that you would stir in the different ones of us what it is you want us to act on. That your spirit would whisper in each of our lives, in each of our stories. I pray, Lord, that even this season as we go through difficult times that we would be reminded that... It's, it's all about Jesus and that you are the God who delights in taking all of it and making it a part of your plan to make much of Jesus that all things you love to use for our good to make us more like Jesus, to make us see more of Jesus. And I pray that we would not miss Jesus even in the pain of our seasons. May he be the centerpiece. May he be the star. May he be the focus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.